Hello. This is a message for any Bonfireside Chat fans who happen to be listening to this show. Also fans of quirky t-shirts. We're currently running the Bonfireside Chat Traps Snakes 2016 versus Turtles Pillars 2016 Teespring campaign. You can go to duckfeed.tv slash shirts and pre-order your uh, shirt, one or both, whatever you so choose, and uh, you'll get that here pretty soon. That campaign is running until April the 5th, so uh, be sure to go there uh, pretty quick and uh, check them out. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash shirts. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro gaming podcast. Yes. And this week we are uh, doing an extra sode, not so much reading your responses to Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, but uh, this is the extra that comes right after that. We didn't get any responses to Call of, Dark, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Yeah. Th- this, this episode has nothing to do with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. What will you choose <laughs> as a header image, Cole? <laughs> oh, what no. will you choose? Um, yeah. So, yeah, nobody had anything to say about that, which is interesting mm-hmm. uh, to me. I think that, um, you know, that could have just been a coincidence, like people just didn't get their responses in. It also could have to do with, like, the fact that, like, it is such a weird staple of games that, like, mm-hmm. maybe people don't feel like it is something you can really examine. Right. You know, like, oh, it's just like, oh, it's just, that's Call of Duty. It is what it is. You know, who knows? Yeah. But um, whenever this kind of thing happens, we usually say, uh, hey, if you have things that you want to say about Call of Duty 4 in the future, we'll probably pepper some of those into a future extra zone. Uh, if you're just kind of like, oh, I totally meant to do that. Uh, the door has not entirely closed. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Cole, if you want to read, so we do have a little bit of follow-up. If you want to read this first one so I can just say, how dare you, every, <laughs> uh, every couple paragraphs. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I will do that then. Uh, okay. So... Last week, we were talking about uh, somebody's bio, which listed them as a Jan and Dean uh, fanatic. It was -hmm. like one of the defining things of their life. Um, And we were making fun of that. Uh, Peter writes in via contact to uh, to clarify around that. So I'm writing in because Gary totally misrepresented Jan and Dean. How dare you? (laughs) To explain where I'm coming from, I never liked the Beach Boys growing up due to associating them with Full House and Kokomo, and certainly not not Jan and Dean, who I probably did perceive as a cut-rate version of the former. Then I heard Heroes and Villains, got sucked deep into Smile for years, accepted pet sounds, and now I find stuff to like from most of the Beach Boys' career. So bringing that back to Jan and Dean, Jan Barry started started recording in 1958. He met Brian Wilson in 1962 and became friends and collaborators. Uh, Jan taught Brian a lot about arranging for the studio and hiring session musicians, uh, though it certainly went both ways. Brian helped write the uh, these 10 Jan and uh, Dean songs uh, from that Heroes and Villains uh, that probably should be heard by those who enjoy the Beach Boys music from uh, from the all summer long LP and earlier. You can hear Gene Torrance contributing his shrill falsetto to the Beach Boys hit recording of Barbara Ann. I think that's the factor that makes even some serious Beach Boys fans unable to listen to it. Infamously, while making hit records, studying music in college, and completing two years of medical school, Jan Barry had a major accident in his stingray uh, that gave him brain damage and partial paralysis. Dean Torrance tried to fill the void with his Save for a Rainy Day album. His off-kilter vocals and murky garage studio sounds have made the album popular outside of the usual Jan and Dean fans. Back to Gary's remarks, they certainly weren't as Christian as the Beach Boys. Jan Barry was politically conservative, but I don't remember his religious affiliation off the top of my head. If I was going to give Jan and Dean a shot, I'd recommend the Gotta Take That One Last 
Oh, sorry. Got to take that one last ride compilation, uh, and then proceed to the complete Liberty shing- uh, the complete Liberty singles uh, if they wanted the rest of the story. Um, love the shows. You guys are smart, and I'm too into 20th century music of all sorts. And uh, thanks for reading this. If you made it this far, or even if you didn't, really, there's no judgment here. My uh, my grandma had uh, complete Liberty shingles. Hmm. Yep. And uh, and they, they gave her a shot at Walgreens and it yeah. fixed it. Well, you know, now you can now you can vaccinate for that, so it's not really that yeah. big of a deal. Yeah, well, it was a different time. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, if I recall, and and my memory is not great, I don't think I called them Christian. I said they were like the Christian music version, and mm-hmm. I think I was trying to express how Christian music sounds like different, even if the subject matter is not explicitly different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting though. Like I, I haven't, I have listened to Jan Dean's kind of greatest hits. Um, before mostly through uh, like listening to Spotify, you know, surf music because I like right. I like that kind of like weirdly you know I like whatever that genre is of uh, of non Dick Dale surf music. Right. Um, and it didn't really hit it for me. They always did strike me as slightly lamer, but I will take your word for it that they are actually a little mm-hmm. bit more deep. Yeah. Than I thought. Yeah, I like so listening to this and from the Jan and Dean that I listened to after that episode, it sounds like uh, you know closer to the Mike Love Beach Boys than the. Which I think I think Mike Love should be put on a boat and just sent out. Like, <laughs> just, just, just give him an Eskimo burial. Are you are you are you suggesting the Mike Love torture tour? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Where it's it, it's alternating between like staying up late and having drinks with him and him just like I was the talented one, and then and then during the day just like all acapella versions of just his parts of songs. Yep. Ba 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 ba. ba. <laughs> I mean, am I am I wrong in being more of a Brian Wilson guy? Oh no. Okay, cool. Yeah, not not at all. Like Mike Love is is but just uh, just a garbage human. Like the. Uh, the, even like down to the uh, in the Bell and Sebastian song, I love my car, where he mm-hmm. says, "I even love Mike," or "I even love Mike Love." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is it is it is a bridge too far. <laughs> Bell uh, and Sebastian, it, irredeemable after that. Yeah, exactly. After that, it's all downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. The, thank you for the education. I didn't know that yeah. much about the history of Jan and Dean. Mm-hmm. I just knew that they were like straight laced young young boys. Um, also, I, I also think that Brian Wilson, like the, my favorite Beach Boys stuff is actually that later shit where they started falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like Smile is my favorite Beach Boys album yeah. and the like Smile remake that Brian Wilson did where it was like him going through as an older man and doing it mm-hmm. is really, really fantastic too. Yeah. Like I like it when he started going crazy. Yeah, I think too. that's what, what kind of unlocked more Beach Boys for me. And then I came to appreciate the earlier, prettier stuff. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of the same thing that happened with the Beatles for me actually. Hmm. Was when I thought that they were just a bunch of pop, it wasn't that interesting. But then when yeah, I got th- exposed to a bunch of crazier stuff, I can go back and listen to like Meet the Beatles and think like, yeah, there's actually some really cool stuff on this. Me me too. Even though like it, and then I kind of swung back the other way where I was like I listened to later stuff. I was like, "Oh, this is great." Mm-hmm. And the early stuff is bad. And then now I'm like, "Mid-early stuff is what I want." <laughs> yeah, like like it's I, like it's all Revolver and Rubber Soul and then like yeah. everything else I have limited amounts of use yeah, for. Yeah, like everything everything just hinges around Paperback Writer. Like yeah. came out right between Rubber Soul and Revolver and like, "Yes, there we go." Yeah. So that that's uh that's where it is. But yeah, so uh thank you very much for the contact uh comment. Uh Yano says by contact. Hey there, just wanted to let you know about a really unique series of game books that might have slipped under your radar. They certainly were a delightful discovery for me a few years ago. 
The series is Fabled Lands. It was written by Dave Morris and Jamie Thompson, starring with The War-Torn Kingdom. They are long out of print, but have started to be reissued in lovely physical forms. Rather than a traditional gamebook structure, these books are nothing uh, short of Skyrim-esque open-world fantasy adventure simulators. You start just having uh, been shipwrecked and have no, uh, no one quest to follow. Instead, you explore the world and take on whatever you fancy out of the opportunities that present themselves. Um, I'm just... Uh, be still my heart. Like, this sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep reading, but that's that's great. Um, some are typical side quests, while others are more wide-reaching, such as choosing sides in a civil war that forms the backdrops of the first book. Or you can simply pick an objective for yourself, like seeing some interesting-sounding far-off place or chasing down a rumor you overheard. You can even travel around trying to make a profit from the various commodities you can purchase uh, that vary in price from place to place, make investments, buy property uh, to store your collected stuff, or even own ships that you can sail off into the incredibly dangerous surrounding waters. Persistence is handled through an ingenious system of keywords and check marks. Returning to the same page at a later time means that some things may have changed. Certain events only happen once during a given playthrough, and characters will react to your earlier deeds or have heard about you from rumors. Jesus. Each, this, this sounds impossible. Um, each book covers a particular geographical region. Uh, travel far enough and you'll be directed to passages in other books in the series. Come on. Moving back and forth as you like. Again, this is something I've never seen in another game book series. The various bookkeeping tasks are clunky by modern standards. The Java implementation is glorious for taking uh, over all of that, though there is still something pleasingly tactile about the physical books. But the cleverness of the systems they came up with uh, to handle persistence as you wandered around this rich interconnected world while using nothing more complex than tick boxes and keywords via pencil and paper is enormously inventive. There really is nothing else like it out there, and they have been an absolute joy for me to explore, so I hope that other people can learn of this unique and fascinating series. Well, I'm going to buy those. <laughs> yep. They're, like, really cheap, too. Look at this. Fabled Lands, um, like, eight ninety nine on Amazon. Well, I'm, that's what I'm going to do as soon as we get done with this. Yep. <laughs> so that sounds goddamn amazing in every possible way. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. That is awesome. So, yeah. Huh. Thank you. Thank you, Janos. That sounds really incredible. Huh, I wonder if there's, like, a box that you can get. Yeah. Like, I, I want to get all of them because if I can just kind of explore. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, there's something to, like... Um, pushing a medium towards something it's not meant to do mm -hmm. that always makes like, it's not always, it's sometimes misguided, but it always like makes some of my favorite things, mm -hmm. you know, like um, this example, I don't know why this comes to mind, but like uh, Tom McHenry who did horse master and who did a new game recently um, called tonight does dies the moon that we're going to cover on comrade soon um, is, is a buddy of mine, full disclosure, but also, uh, he does these twine games, but he always like adds these mechanical aspects that look like they're just hacks mm -hmm. to do. And like, I always get this feeling like twine is not the best way to do this, but it's really interesting and cool looking because you're making it do it. Yeah. And that's what this seems like. It's like, boy, that seems like this is, this is what computers are for, mm -hmm. you know, is like keeping track of, of, you know, ones and zero states yeah. and, and, and just toggles and event flags and just kind of pushing past that to do it in book form is just like wildly ambitious. And, and it's, you know, the very bad, like very worse, it's going to be an interesting failure. Like, mm -hmm. even if they're not great. Yeah. Like regardless, it's an act of madness. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which immediately makes me want to kind of go on for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I'm way into it. Yeah. So I'm going to buy those immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so the, like the, that kind of shook something loose. I, I I feel very I feel bad that I didn't mention this on the actual episode about game books. But um, if you're interested for a uh, um, if you're interested in a depiction of choose your own adventure in media, um, check out Wolf in White Van. Mm. This is, I know that you're aware of it, but for the listeners yeah. who don't know, um, it is a book written by John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats, 
Um, and it's uh, kind of at the center of the plot is uh, this game that the main character designed um, called Trace Italian. That's like a, uh, it is a uh, play-by-mail choose-your-own-adventure that is kind of mm-hmm. a reflection of his own internal world. And it's a really, really good book. And it uh, doesn't play out as a choose-your-own-adventure, but it kind of like, you know, is a is a staple of at least kind of a part of the, of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard, uh, I went to a reading of that, I told you that, mm-hmm. um, that he did. And uh, I'm really interested in reading it. It's supposed to be incredible. It won all kinds of awards. Mm-hmm. And was, uh, the reading I went to, he was interviewed by, um, God, what's his name? Uh, Matt Fraction. Yeah. And, uh, and Matt Fraction, like the first question was like, where the fuck do you get off? Because a lot of people are just like, you know, you, sh- you can't just be good at everything, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. um, because it's supposed to be really incredible. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. A, it's a really quick read, too. It's like 200 pages. Yeah, it, it sounds really up my alley. Like, I would yeah. really like to uh, really like to check it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the real failure with this Fabled Lands thing is that it wasn't linked to in, like, the overview of game books I've seen. Hmm. Like, this didn't show up as, I, like, it has its own Wikipedia entry because I'm trying to find a good way to enter mm-hmm. it. Um, but... It, it didn't show up as linked in any of the research I did, huh? which is just like weird. Like it's like it, it, it got, you know, inception into us mm-hmm. between when we recorded that episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm excited about this. I'm going to order one of them. I think that there's one. Yeah. Volume one, uh, the keep of the Lich Lord, which again, be still yeah, my heart. Come on. Come yeah. on. <laughs> are you, are like, you kidding me? Well, the, the, well, that's the thing is, so the keep of the Lich Lord, um, because the, in the, the, Wikipedia, it says the first book is the war-torn kingdom. Hmm. And that's what Yano said as well. Hmm. So is the first volume, is that, so that's Fabled Land's quests. Hmm. Okay. So that's, that, that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to come into a guide. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, oh boy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Okay. Um, let me see. Oh, some of these are out of stock too. Huh. Yeah, it might be available. I would, I would love a, a box too. set. There's there's just twelve of them listed yeah. here. Man, like a box set of this would be incredible. That's <laughs> like, what I want. Here, here, here's a summer for you. You have a there's there's stats for charisma. Like you can talk your way out of situations. Oh shit. shit, I love that. Yeah, that's that's special. Yeah, this is this is a pro click, Janos. Thank you. Yeah, this is this is special. Yeah, thank you. Um, right. Also, to address something that was brought up on the uh, something awful uh, boards, I, f- I feel like a real doof for not like calling out. Oh yeah, Borges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I need to shore up that uh, that that weak spot or that blind spot in my literature because apparently Borges really uh, really popular um, or at least influential for a lot of the things that I really enjoy, um, namely you know House of Leaves and other things like that. So yeah, womp. Yeah, I mean I don't uh, like I'm not. Uh, I, I, you were more called out for it than I was because I personally like the secret to Gary is I'm not that well read. I used to be like in my early twenties I was, and then like I when I went, you know, I got married, and reading's not a, a partner activity, mm-hmm. and then I went back to school and reading becomes a horrible chore. <laughs> so I still I still read on my own, but just not nearly as much as I used to. Yeah. So, but hmm. oh well, I, I I'm not self conscious about it at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just like if I continue this, will you just start yelling louder and louder? Yeah, I'm not self conscious about it, Cole. <laughs> it seems like your issue. Yeah, <laughs> you're the... I feel comfortable in my intelligence. Yeah, you're talking about it a lot, aren't you? Yeah. Oh. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, none of those things are true. <laughs> I am self conscious. I'm not comfortable in my intelligence, and I'm also. Well, I guess the thing about me not being well read is true. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so if you still have things to say about modern warfare, you can still pop pop on over 
duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. If you want to order these Fable Lands books, which, <laughs> like I am, go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar. Use the referral link. I have a, a, a checkout basket right now. <laughs> waiting to finish recording. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit to ship, but that'll be uh, that'll be fine. It's okay. Yeah, that is that is yep. a-okay. Uh, yeah, so like Gary said, uh, thoughts on Modern Warfare, also Commander Keen or um, Chocobo's Dungeon or Amnesia. All of those are kind of on the docket. We take responses for them up to the time when we record, and uh, we publicize those deadlines on the uh, on the Facebook page. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and stay tuned for some uh, some deleted scenes. So that he'll also make some noise, but all animals will calm down eventually. Cool. Done, done, done. <laughs> um, yeah. So how's it going? I'm sick. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded like it. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to hear. Yeah. Uh, a sinus and ear infection. So Ugh. spent a couple of days at home uh, just kind of conked out. Uh, too bad of a headache to like concentrate on playing a game, so I couldn't, you know, play any of my games. So I watched all of Parks and Rec. Oh, it's <laughs> a good time. Yeah, I, like it's it's great when you're sick. I just want to watch a lightweight, funny show about nice people being nice to each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished that up just today, actually. So cool. Yeah, and I'm still a couple of seasons behind on that show. Yeah, season seven is weird. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, I like I like all the people enough to where I want to watch all of it mm-hmm. at some point. It's just been uh, you know me and TV. Also, yeah. Elizabeth, uh, we started watching Broad City, which she she watched but I'd never seen before. Um, are you familiar with that show? Sounds sexy, Broad yeah, it, City. It it, it it is about two two lovely Jewesses Ooh. in New York City. <laughs> they they use their words, not mine. Um, but uh, saucy. It, it is it is very funny. Like it, it is, it is surprising. Like it's the first, like, it's like the best first episode of something I've seen in a long time. Hmm. And it, and it's just like, it's, it's really weirdly subversive. Like it's just too, it's like a, a comedy that you would make this. I'm sure this has been written about mm-hmm. in like slate think pieces two years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and better than this, but like, it's the kind of comedy you, <laughs> you're so used to seeing with two male leads mm-hmm. that seeing it with two female leads, like just kind of like, it not only is it really good, but it also just kind of feels different yeah in a way like it's 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 it reminds me of like when um bridesmaids came out a little bit oh, yeah. like they're like oh this is like a dude movie mm-hmm. like a gross out dude movie but here's a bunch of ladies that's a really good movie and it would be regardless yeah but it was a little bit extra special because i had that different kind of perspective yeah does it have a little bit a little bit of a mary tyler Moore and uh, rhoda kind of feel to it I'd say it's probably a little bit more modern than that. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I'd say that the pacing and humor is slightly more contemporary than yeah. Rhoda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it is just, it is, and yes, in that, like, it's two ladies just being super besties. Okay. In, in a way that makes me jealous because I don't have best friends the way that they have best friends. <laughs> or they are best friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very funny, though. Nice. So that's me and TV. Is that like a like a... What network is that show? Uh, Comedy Central, I think. Hmm. I have never heard of it. Yeah, it's very good. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to check out that uh, people at work are talking sugar about uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yeah. I watched the first episode of that as well. Is that is it good? Um, it was funny. It wasn't like I made the mistake of watching it the same night I watched the Broad City one, which oh, I like yeah. much better. Yeah. Um, it's, it, is, it is funny. There's like kind of a lower joke per minute ratio than i usually like for something from like the 30 rock camp right you know like it's the same kind of uh 
it's all the same people and it's got some of that same sensibility. And like, I think the way that show works is because it's really rapid fire. Yeah. This is a little less rapid fire, but I only watched the first episode. So who knows? Who knows if it picks um, up? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure after it's done, like establishing the premise. Yeah. It, it does. And the, the cast is all really winning and, yeah. And uh, I, I like that. Uh, the main actress, the, uh, played, yeah, Ellie uh, Kemper. Yeah. Played Aaron. Oh. Yeah. yeah. She's really good. Um, so yeah, so that's good too. Hmm. They're both good. We're living in a golden age of good TV shows. <laughs> yes, we are. Said no one ever. <laughs> Said, I just made that up. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> Let's, we need to take you on a press junket. We need, we need to get you on to, like... <laughs> to a think piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> to medium. To medium.com. Yeah. Yes. Home with a think piece. Think piece. Think piece. One in the think piece, two in the stink piece. It's uh. medium.com. <laughs> margin to margin. <laughs> Fill it out. What's the, the stink piece? <laughs> hey, dealer's choice. I don't know. <laughs> That's a maximum. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what else? I, I've been playing a lot of Hotline Miami, too. That's, I like that a lot. I do too, and it's it's weird because a lot of people don't like it, and that could just be because I'm friends with a bunch, a lot more like kind of sensitive people on Twitter mm-hmm. um, than I used to be. But it's it definitely has more mixed reviews yeah. than the first one did, and I like it an awful lot. It's tra- it's trade it's it. trade offs, right? Like the, I don't like that the levels are the, are are bigger. I wish it was like mm-hmm. a tighter, like a tighter, more reckless, fast paced kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, but I really like that they restrict the choice of you know, of mask or ability. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the way what it's doing with the story is nuts. Oh yeah, it's great. like it's just like like this weird Rashomon, like exploring this theme through four different, like wakes of the first game is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still I it's, I'm like and it's it's big too. I'm on like mission sixteen of twenty five. Mm. So and some of them are just fucking brutal, <laughs> like yeah. like just unending and brutal. But like it's just weirdly tense and compulsive in a way that mm-hmm. games aren't often. Yeah, but. Since we're recording uh, tomorrow, recording Comrade, mm-hmm. um, we're doing two episodes so I can make some room for Bloodborne. Yeah, um, I'm trying to get that done with some some other stuff. Nice. And uh, yeah, I just, yeah, and I, then I just did the first mission with the twins. Oh yeah, those guys are great. Yeah, it's so fun. Like uh, I, I I tried them and they were really unwieldy at first, and I was dying a lot. And then I was like, oh, this is actually like a different way to play. Yeah, like you yeah, have to it, learn it. Breaks it up really well. And then the uh, the guy, I think that this was an ability in the first one, but I just really like it. Um, whenever I can play as the guy who has deadly throws. Oh, yeah. That guy that guy is wonderful. <laughs> I really like that. Just like shooting a guy and then throwing the, the empty gun at the next guy who comes in and mm-hmm. all that jazz. Super fun. Yeah, that was one of my favorite masks in the first one. Yeah. That and uh, deadly door openings. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty into it. And then I started playing Darkest Dungeon, which have you played that? Man, I really would like to. Oh, you gotta. Like, yeah. you'll, you'll really dig it. Like, I yeah. started it last night, and I was like, this is an assignment play kind of thing. I'm on a deadline. I'm going to play, like, a couple hours of this and, like, yeah. or, like, an hour of this and get through it. And I played for two mm-hmm. hours, and then, like, that's all I want to do <laughs> today instead of the stuff I have to do because it's it's really good. Yeah. It's Some, pretty incredible. Somebody pitched it to me as, uh, like, Cole's Desires, the video game. Yeah. Yeah, it it is very cool for it's it's a very it's it's right in our Venn diagram. Yeah, like it is it is friendly to everything that that you and I like together. Nice. Um, yeah, it's very good. Hmm. Um, yeah, so gonna, I'm going to be excited to hear this episode. We're living in a golden age for games. I just made that up. <laughs> to medium. <We're laughs> to medium.com. We'll publish anything, even your dick. Medium. <laughs> um, your dick pics. Yeah. 
Snapchat us your junk for a chance to win content. <laughs> Medium.com. Snap. Exclusive links to thing pieces from sexy co-eds. Snapchat. Snapchat junk in the modern zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I, what I learned from a month of taking a dick pic every day. <laughs> Look how it changes. <laughs> it's like a flip book. Man, if I did that my whole life, that'd be fucking horrifying. Yep. Like, I would hate to see how my dick changed my entire life. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody has to have already done that, but that is... That's the worst. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, that's too horrible to even... No, to, it's to okay. Even, I'm just, like, I'm just wander down like, that garden path. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Over and over the course of an entire life, too, mm-hmm. you know, because you become an old man and it becomes gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And then those Ugh. for those for those first eighteen years, everybody who takes the picture for you has to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like you just have an entire wing, like saw block D, Gary's boys, <laughs> just just my various dick photographers. <laughs> I'm like I'm like their Batman. Like if I ever end up going to jail, they're all you know. It's like when Batman gets stuck in Arkham Asylum. Yep. You put us here. We just thought we were participating in a Medium.com article. Yeah. Wait a minute. How did a two-year-old convince me to take a picture of his dick? <laughs> Candy. Oh, <God. laughs> like, show us to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pink one. It's your favorite. It's your favorite. I got. I took out a banana once out. And you can have the whole box. Darren, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went to. Uh, like we have lots of extra so material for mm-hmm. an episode where we have nothing uh, to talk about because Elizabeth, for a surprise date, took me to one of those video game symphony things. Oh yeah, when the Oregon Symphony played music from video games. Um, and then narrated by um, the guy who narrated uh, uh, the Stanley Parable, Andy Rester. Oh wow! Yeah, like he wasn't there. It was, well, it was, a, recording, it was a recording, but like, yeah. that would that would also be still be a good presentation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was weird. It was based on like the hero's journey, mm-hmm. and they had to make it generic enough to be you know applied to all these game situations. Oh, like uh, that 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 would be very easy to do. I think. Probably. It, well, it, it just made it not very much of a story. Yeah. Like every every little passage, like he, the, the journey kept beginning like <laughs> six times. Like now your journey really begins. <laughs> and then it would just, you know, play some music from fucking, I don't know, Halo. That, that was like, the, that was the end. But there was, it was a good variety um, of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was a real weird experience. Like I'd never been to something like that. Um, and there are all these nerds who like dressed up like they're going to the symphony, which I thought was kind of sad mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like, yes, oh. you are going to the symphony, but you're going to watch like somebody play the music from from, uh, I don't know, yeah. pray. You're, you're, yeah, you're hearing World 3, too. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like it, it seemed a little, you know, you don't need to dress up in a suit yeah. for this or layer. That was the one I was thinking of. The weird, the weird outlier was like, this game wasn't very popular or anything. Was it, <laughs> yeah. was it a good song? I don't know. I mean, the, a lot of it, it was also... Um, it it illustrated a lot of like kind of shitty things about uh, newer games and newer game music, and that like a lot of the games were just like men in armor fighting mm-hmm. to bombastic, you know, 
you know, uh, essentially music that sounds like I was just about to hum the Skyrim music, but then I was yeah. like, that defeats my point because yeah. that is, <laughs> you, you'd recognize it because it is distinctive enough. It's one of like the few distinctive songs, but like you mm-hmm. can't tell the layer music from the um, Guild Wars 2 music. Right. Really. Right. Like I couldn't. Um, so there's a lot of that, but then when things stood out, they like really stood out. Like they had, uh, you know, they did like a Bioshock thing and a Shadow of the Colossus thing mm. and uh, a Chrono uh series medley hmm. that was really good that ended with the opening like the main theme to chrono cross which is Damn. you know like which is really good um and also doesn't sound like video game music now right which is you know awesome <laughs> they did a big castlevania medley which was really cool oh wow did they have like electric guitar for that or no yeah. they had that acoustic guitar for a lot of it hmm. um a lot of the, the rest of the stuff but they didn't have a but that was really good so there, like, there were some really, really good parts and some parts that were just like, and it was just bewildering to Elizabeth, who doesn't know video games. Like, mm-hmm. the Kingdom Hearts thing came on. She's like, "What the fuck is this?" Because <laughs> like, like, just watching a bunch of Kingdom Hearts visuals to really dramatic music of like a kid like diving to grab Donald Duck's hand and pull him out of an abyss or something like that. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, so she expected you to defend it to say, actually, no, it's better than you. Than yeah. You no, would think I was like, be? I was like, um, no. She's just like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's a series of trash games that my buddy Will likes. Um, <laughs> not, not to put Will on blast. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like, you know, it's a, like I've never, I mean, it doesn't matter. I didn't like the series. I'm like, yeah, it's just really confusing. For some reason, they matched <laughs> these two things together for, for <laughs> a the reason I can think of. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're inexplicably popular. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Oh, well, it was a very thoughtful date. It was super thoughtful. It was it was it was pretty fun. Like it was it was interesting to see, mm-hmm. and um, and they had they had some cool stuff go on. There was like a teen uh, uh, youth uh, choir that did the vocal parts, Ooh. which was fun. Like all these like awkward teen boys singing <laughs> awkward teen girls, like just being being awkward teens but singing good, <laughs> but but singing video game music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they did the the fight. It's funny too. Also uh, during the thirty two bit stuff. They didn't uh, show any visuals, hmm. like they just showed like the orchestra. So when because they did, it'd be um, too ugly, or I think that's why. Like when they did, um, they did Final Fantasy VIII and uh, Chrono Cross, and they didn't show anything. So that, that's weird because those both have like a preponderance of like cinema to them yeah. as well. Yeah, they, and I, they, I guess they just weren't. They, they wouldn't display well. Yeah, on the huge screen or something like they just weren't into them, but. Yeah, and then no, yeah, no, and then Castlevania. They only show they showed like one little nod to the epic Castlevania, and the rest of it was all from like Lords of Shadow. Yeah. All the visuals, like not the music, but it was just like you know Dracula being stupid. <laughs> yeah, Dracula and Satan kind of ch- chumming around. Yeah, riding around yeah. in their Draculas. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>